Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive and happy Thanksgiving. We have a full plate of football to break down in week 12. We are coming off the heels of what might have been the greatest regular season football game of our lifetime. Certainly the greatest one I've ever watched and bet on and just an absolute hell of an experience given the result. Uh, Welcome, as always, to our uh, podcast co-host, Andy. How are you doing this beautiful football Tuesday? A couple corrections. American Thanksgiving, which will make sense here soon. And I don't know. It was a three-point win. It was a push for a lot of people. It was an okay game. Actually, (laughs) you do see the takes out there. There's some people with, like, I would rather see a defensive battle. Like, you know, I'd rather see, like, I, I don't want every game to be like last night. Yeah, you, if you like defense, that wouldn't be I have, funny. I, have, you know, I like. I, if you, I like, like a good mix. I like. I like a little of every. I like different games. You know, if every game was just kind of a, a back and forth where one team wins, it's never in doubt. That's not fun. But I, I do like. I like all kinds of games. Last night was a lot of fun. I'm not going to say I didn't like it. I like a, a, you know, a game that hits 100. I even joked about it before the game. I said the race to 100 or whatever. I tweeted out, um, but I do, I do like a good 10, nothing game in the mud. I like that snow game from last year a lot. So, you know, different strokes for different folks. I like all the football. I, with that said, there's a game or two this weekend. I don't want to watch. Of course, uh, as always. But uh, if you like to have that football, if you might like defensive mind football, first of all, shut up about it on Twitter. I don't care about your opinion and it's stupid. Uh, and then two, uh, I have good news for you. There's Big Ten football on every Saturday morning. They basically have the time slate to themselves in the uh, in the noon games. Uh, you can watch that terrible football to your heart's content on Saturdays. Punter porn. Pun- yes, give us give us more of that Monday night football game between the Colts and the Chiefs. There was a lot of takes today that like, oh, this is the future of the NFL. And why? While broadly, I agree with that. Like, that's a, a best case scenario. Like, we hope that this is like coaches. And quarterbacks are figuring out the appropriate way to attack and that the small tweaks that they're making into the way that the game is played is making it more fun to watch, is making it more exciting. Um, At various points during that game last night, I thought for sure the Chiefs were the better team and they were going to win. I thought for sure the Rams were the better team and they were going to win. And in the end, it was like whoever could make the, you know, the winning play. And even the Rams even had to make it twice. Uh, to keep the uh, the Chiefs from getting a game-tying field goal. It was just drama to the max. And on top of that, it landed on three. That was the outcome I desperately needed to uh, um, hit that middle uh, that I got Rams minus two and a half, Chiefs plus three and a half. So I was absolutely ecstatic. And the fact that we had a 105-point game and it landed on a difference of three points was just, it felt like it was meant Vegas to be. Vegas knew. That's what when they said it in three, you know, Vegas knew. So that is the moral. They were of the story. a titch. That's the moral. They were the story. a titch off on the total. That's My favorite. Okay. the The first quarter, the first quarter had twenty points scored in it. Correct. Uh yes. Every yes. Yeah, Second quarter had 20, 26. Yes. First, yeah, twenty points was the lowest scoring quarter. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> There's and the funny thing go, go, we talked about go up and down periscope. games. 
there's there's going to be multiple. I bet half the games in a week have a, a quarter where there's like th- zero, three, seven, six scored. Twenty points is a low scoring quarter. It was kind of a wild ass game. Incredible. And we talked about this in the Periscope. They left points in the field. <laughs> they were kicking field goals when they were on the goal. Oh yeah, there's they missed were missing extra points. points. Two, yeah, it two was yard so goal, field goals from the two. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, they should have scored 120. It was actually kind of a letdown. And it was not lost on me that that thing ended at on Rams minus three, and both kickers missed extra points. Like, are you serious? But I guess that that's the thing. Like, if you're going to have kickers kick 14 extra points in a game, they're probably both going to miss one. Um, but here we go. Let's get into this uh, week 12. That you know that game, and you know we can only hope that some of the best playoff games coming down the pipe or have that quality and have that intensity and uh, we will be happy football fans uh, with that. Uh, let's move on and welcome our guest for the Thanksgiving pod for the second year in a row. Uh, it's not an accident. Everybody else was traveling for the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's doing so we fun shit out. except for our buddies in Canada. So we reach out again to our uh, friend of the pod making what fifth appearance on the pod. You've helped us cap world cup. You've helped us cap eight, Winter Olympics. Eight, we we and we had we had some. If you're new to this pod and you're like, wow, this is a cool football betting pod. Uh, last off season, we did a hot dog eating contest podcast. We did at least three Winter Olympics handicapping podcasts. It was uh, a lot of fun in the off season, and uh, Money Mills Mark helped us with all of that. So with that, welcome back to the deep dive, friend of the pod, Money Mills Mark. How are we doing tonight? Doing excellent. Andy's already offended me, so we're off to a good start. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You kept um, me up so many nights during the Winter Olympics, talking me into ice skating bets and stuff. That all oh, yeah. streaming ice skating and ice skating. was it was it not time well Shout spent out though? Once again, to Tess and Scott. <laughs> yes, Tess and Scott came through for us so big. That was awesome fun. Um, let's uh, let's get your uh, let's take a little two seconds here, and before we kind of dive into Thanksgiving Day, Thanksgiving Day games, talk about some turkey and some drinks and some sports bets. Uh, Mill, what's your kind of overall uh, takeaway so far from this uh, NFL season? I know you've done handicapping week in week out, so you got your finger on the pulse. What do you think? Uh, I think it's been um, it's, a, it's a good question. It's been a tough year for sure. Uh, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Uh, I'm personally sitting right at even after the Chargers blew a nice teaser uh, teaser for me on uh, Sunday. Um, big takeaway though is uh, I've been capping NFL for I guess eight years now, and this is I think the year I've had to change up my approach the most. Um, why that is, I can't. I can't put my finger uh, quite on it. Maybe I've learned more than I, I knew in the past. But I think the the games kind of changed up, and especially uh, so, some of the way these games flow. I like that. Interesting. Uh, I would agree with you. I've changed up my handicapping style significantly too. Obviously, we still record a podcast that's a glorified conference call talking about our picks, but uh, <laughs> the. <laughs> The uh, the way that you kind of have to kind of overweight offense right now to appropriately capture the likelihood of a team winning has really surprised me. Uh, mm-hmm. And I mean, at this point, I'm basically four to one upweighting offense to project scores and to try to capture edges on these lines. And it's working, but it's tough. Uh, and this is a totally new approach. Um, a lot of my takes in the preseason were kind of based on who I thought had particularly good and bad 
defenses. And as we've seen with the likes of the Pittsburgh Steelers, you can have a terrible defense at the start of the season. It doesn't freaking matter. Uh, and as we've seen with the Jaguars, you can have an excellent defense. and It doesn't freaking matter. If you are, um, you're not going to hold an opponent in this iteration of the NFL, you're not going to hold them down for 60 minutes. You just can't do it. You have to have an offense that can go score for score with your opponent. Uh, and you have to have a defense that can make a couple of key plays turnover, a couple of couple of key sacks, a couple of key turnovers, um, or else you're going to have a much tougher time winning week in, week out. Um, and, you know, it's... it's uh, yeah, you, you raise a good point about turnovers, man. It's Should you even teach tackling anymore? You should just be trying to get the ball back. Yeah, I mean, you to a degree... Stop team, you can't stop teams anymore. You might as well just, well, just try to punch the ball out. Try I, Go for the interception. Fuck it. Don't you kind of feel like that's Jump what the, route. the Rams Jump the do? Route. Don't you kind of feel like that's what yeah. the Rams do? And the Chiefs no, they, to a degree, too? Kind of a little more opportunistic, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it feels like they have figured out something that the rest of the league will figure out. But, you know, at, you know, at its core, uh, coaching has never been more important. Quarterbacking has never been. It's always been important, but never more than more so than it is now. Uh, and, um, you know, the the skill position players you have around you can take you from being a 30 point offense to a 50 point offense, I guess. Uh, but it's, uh, it's still, you know, it still feels like offense has never been, uh, driving the boat more so than in 2018 in the NFL. Um, and with that, let's dive into the first of the Thanksgiving day card. Um, NFC North clash, Andy, Undecided at quarterback for the Chicago Bears uh, versus Matt Stafford and the walking wounded in Detroit. Uh, feels like Detroit always gets the undercard on Thanksgiving, and probably rightfully so. They produce less interesting games, I suppose. Uh, they have you know less fan interest than the likes of Dallas. Um, but here they sit in the nooner, um, and Chicago coming off the huge primetime win against your Vikings. We took some beatings on that, although you're like Vikings – Parlay leg was a fun one to play along with. Um, oh, that teaser leg was sweaty. And yeah. And I know you Especially have... teased with the Saints, which was the least sweaty teaser leg in the history of teasers. At, yes. Like, yeah. They covered by 40. Right. And this should be no surprise to the loyal listeners of the podcast. Uh, Andy, you are holding Chicago 50 to 1 NFC title ticket. And they now sit in the driver's seat to win the NFC North. Uh, and talking to you, I get the sense that you are still very confident about this team. Is that correct? Yes, I like them. I, I still think they're very good. Do you think they get a home playoff game? I broke down the schedule a little, and it seems doable. I mean, the biggest the biggest hurdles, I guess, when I looked at this early in the season were – it's just it is tough to play Green Bay twice, Minnesota twice, but I don't think Green Bay or Minnesota is nearly as good as we thought they'd be come preseason. How the Green um, Bay has been wild, not more. I, maybe Green Bay has been every bit as disappointing as Minnesota. Minnesota's had a couple tough losses, but uh, you know th- their defense is not nearly what they were, especially on third down last year, and they've had some just really poorly timed turnovers to cost them some games that they might have been able to get. So, uh, advantage Chicago, and if boy, if they if they're able to get this one, another road division, a uh, road division win. Sweep the Lions. Uh, it, it's going to be tough for it's going to be tough for them to screw it up too bad. Okay, so stop me. Uh, okay, so you, first you of all, the, win, the, win the division, 
in a home game. Right. Okay. Uh, I'll flip it over to Mill for a question here. Uh, is it factual that the NFC North title winner taking that three spot, not going to catch the Rams, not going to catch the Saints. You are going to be hosting a home game uh, on uh, Wild Card Weekend against the sixth seed if you win the NFC North. Do you think that's true? Yes, absolutely. And okay. I think- do do the Bears have to get that spot because? I don't, I don't think we've seen an impressive performance at all from them on the road in the Mitch Trubisky era. Do they need that spot? Yes. Okay. Easy, <laughs> okay. Ass, easy answers. I think uh, uh, Andy kind of touched on the Bears' schedule a little bit. I think, um, yeah, they were definitely a pretty good luck to win this division at this point. Uh, I have quite a bit invested them in myself, in myself from preseason. Uh, nice. Kind of lucked out with the Cleo Mack trade. Um, yes, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was yeah, that was just gravy. Gravy on top of the bats. That, but um, I think even their tough games to the left are going to be ones that are winnable. Okay. I think okay. you look at the Rams come in in a couple weeks. Uh, that game's been flexed to Sunday night. It's in the middle of December. Uh, Rams are not a particularly good travel team. We kind of saw that earlier with New Orleans. Um, Agreed. And then they got to play cold weather football. Um, which I don't think Goff will be able to do, especially against a defense that will slow them down. Um, and if Trubisky can move the pocket in that game, like, like if you look at the schedule, that's probably the toughest game they have left. And I would argue that you're probably going to have some pretty good value on the Bears as a home as a home dog in that one. Hmm. So okay. I think uh, I think the division's all but certain. Uh, if they lose uh, Thursday, I don't I don't think really. That'll end up mattering too much. I mean, I, I I was leaning Detroit all day until all this injury news kind of came out, and I just think the, the Bears are in a bit of a bad spot here. Interesting. Okay. Well, when we get to Vikings-Packers later, I'm going to make a, a case that the Vikings are out of this and that the Packers are still alive and actually worth the tickle at 10, 10 to 1 in okay. the North. Uh, but we'll save that. We'll save some <laughs> drama. Tune in later into the pod to hear that breakdown so that Andy can laugh at me as I try to make a case for a team coached by Mike McCarthy. Um, let's talk about uh, what the Bears, you know, real quick, Andy. Bears win their home game in the playoffs. They the go into the divisional. Rookie, double rookie coach Thursday. Yeah, double rookie coach. No, Bears, yeah. are, Bears are yeah. double rookie coach. Bears are in a tough spot, man. They played... I mean, they played like six hours ago. They just they played. Play, you know, they just played. That's a tough spot. You wonder uh, the, with the Trubisky injury, who knows what. Like, I'm not getting involved in this game, obviously, right now. Got to wait to see. I, people, there's a lot of people clamoring, just grabbing Detroit right away, hoping that that's uh, that injury is going to automatically cash them and take it. But Detroit's missing some offensive firepower uh, we don't think marvin's going uh, carry on injury that sucks like this could be kind of an ugly game we talked a little off the air about i don't think it's an automatically like an under spot either too with chicago hasn't been i don't think they've been like lucky is what i said with their turnovers like they are an absolutely opportunistic defense that's looking to knock the ball out. It's just like last night, the Monday night game, you get, you get a couple turnovers, you know, Mac does the same kind of stuff as Donald where all of a sudden he's in there and the ball's loose. He's in mm-hmm. the backfield, the ball's loose. You get a couple short fields and that 44 and a half isn't going to look so big anymore. 
that Sunday night game, game even you put Chase Daniels was, in the uh, ten yard line. You know what, that that game we just watched was a was a a, a, um, a a nuts under. That was there was no there was no way that thing went over the total, and yet it oh, went over Vikes, the total. Vikes, Vikes yeah. Bears, yeah, no, the one that, we just watched. Yeah, yeah. You, you had a couple yeah. couple weird turnovers and just like the late comeback, which God yeah. bless them again. Thank Plus, you. we know, yeah, we know, we know the uh, we know the Lions are a team that is always live in the second half to backdoor. Um, we've seen Stafford do it like three times this year. Um, he's going to score garbage points. This looks like an overspot to me. Um, oh, yeah. Stafford is money at, at losing a three score game by like one score. <laughs> with some, with yes. some, for the for the purpose he will he will get you and get you just like a, a a touchdown late where the the crowd's not even cheering because they're heading to their cars yeah, to beat that yeah. Detroit traffic. Yeah. Okay. Well, for the purpose of handicapping this game, let's assume Mitch is sitting and this is Chase Daniels' uh, first role as a backup. Uh, let's assume that. Uh, the defensive playmakers on the Lions, uh, like Darius Slay, Snacks Harrison, Zeke Lanza. Let's assume those guys are all out. Let's assume Marvin Jones is out. Um, Mill, do you think that uh, that the line movement is consistent with the downgrade from Trubisky to Chase Daniels? Or do you think there uh, there's been an overreaction? I think this game kind of illustrates maybe why it's so much more difficult to cap NFL now than even it was three, four years ago. And that's, uh, there's a lot of noise and uh, a lot of information that's kind of hard to block out on social media. Um, it's, it's very difficult to see kind of an original idea. You know, you, you'll see one person tweet out something about how the bears, Oh, they got flexed into the Sunday night spot. Now they have to play the early Thursday game. All of a sudden that's all you hear all week to the point where maybe does it go the opposite way on you? Where, the market then overreacts to that because that's the only story being told. And I, I think maybe you could say something similar to Trubisky versus Chase Daniels. And I think off the air, you had a really good point of, is this really that big of a downgrade? And uh, I'll be honest, I haven't seen Chase Daniels play too much. Uh, I don't know too much about him as a quarterback. I just know with the game on the line, Trubisky's probably not who I would want to have the ball anyways. Yeah. Okay, so this is an interesting handicap, and it's a tough handicap, and Andy's probably got the right idea by sitting this one out altogether. Uh, it, I will play all three of these games. I always do. It's a sick tradition, I guess. Uh, but and, and I can also, I, I can tell you, I remember good Thanksgivings past and bad Thanksgivings past, and so yes. much of it comes down to the first win- game, winning or losing. Like you get into a sorry, sour ass mood if you lose that first game. Uh, even if you then go on and go two and one on the day, it just puts you in a funk and no one wants to spend time with their family and be in those types of scenarios and be in a funk. So I feel like this is a super important one to get cap right. Yeah, I, I will uh, not be in a funk because he will not be in a funk because he will not be betting this one, but that's fine. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to try and talk you into something on this one. Okay. Go for it. Okay. So I got uh, the odds page up in front of me. Bears minus three and a half just moved to plus one fourteen. Okay. However, this is Stafford. In a primetime game uh, at home, so I don't think standalone game. We'll say standalone. Yeah, standalone game at home. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, first half line. Though. Primetime in Hawaii. Bears <laughs> minus two and a half plus one hundred four. Um, oh, now, interesting. You brought this up earlier off air, so I don't, and I don't want to take credit for this idea. Um, but you were mentioning how all season the Bears probably practiced a little bit for if Chase Daniels is going to play. 
and they will have guess, yes. some kind of script or some kind of offense they know they want to run with him that Detroit will not have seen. The Bears are already a, a scripted offense. We know that. So I think you combine all that. Um, maybe this two and a half is not such a bad look against a banged up Detroit team who starts uh, slow. Starts slow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I you've convinced me. I, I, I like this. Chicago God, first half makes a ton I'm of sense. Okay. <laughs> no, you don't need to tease them. Just find the right angle. Uh, the um, okay. Oh, so. Yes. No. No. This is. This oh yeah. Is, no. I, think, I'd I want think two and a half the other way. I I'm think, not teasing the Lions. That's for sure. Yeah. I think this is a worthy theory, and I think it holds water. And we, you, you're right. Chicago is scripted, and honestly, if they were going to trot out the same script that they just ran two weeks ago, that was effective against Detroit, I would expect the Detroit coaches are not super dumbasses, even though some of Patricia's actions over the last two weeks would suggest he is a dumbass. (laughs) Uh, But let's just assume that they're not totally tone deaf and that they learned something from that game that happened two freaking weeks ago. Right. I was prepared to look for like a Chicago team total under here because I was like, there's no way they're going to be have a new script ready to attack that same team, you know, that they just, uh, you know, just faced. And so I felt like Detroit was going to have some answers on defense yeah. and they were going to stymie the Bears and make it tough. You know what? I feel like this quarterback Trubisky's switch, though, throws that it's, out. Trubisky's going to play. Like, there, oh, nothing's for right? sure yet. It'll be funny. Trubisky's going to play and we just went like 15 minutes of hypotheticals that aren't happening. And again, but but to be fair, I I will agree with everybody. I don't think, and God help us if Trace Daniels goes out there and has like a Joe Webb game. <laughs> but I don't think that I don't think it's a huge downgrade. And I'll t- I'll say the same thing about the next game. Yeah, we have I, a, kind of I, a similar situation. A similar no, situation so with a much more horrific injury, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. Hang on a second. His uh, bone okay, yeah, poked yeah, through the skin yeah. whale. Yeah, I know. Oh. It, was, it was so gross. It was so gross. Uh, I feel like uh, Chicago pulls off a win here. I like all of the angles that Andy and uh, and uh, Mark brought up there. And I think 44 and a half, the fact that that adjusted down, uh, I don't think reflects the switch from Trubisky to Daniels, really. And even if... You know, even if they do end up flipping back to Trubisky, that's going to go back up the other way. Uh, and so, you lost a ton of money on the tables in Vegas. You know my name. I know. Oh, your name is in your handle, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Where can people find you? On I Twitter, thought it was Bill. Where can people uh, track you down? Uh, yeah, if you type in uh, uh, just Money Mills Mark, no spaces, and then the money is with a zero, not an O. And that's where nice. you'll find me on Twitter right there. Nice. Okay. Well, uh uh, Money Mills Mark I'm going to play the uh, the over in this one that's like the legit play I have but I really like your Chicago first half look uh, and hopefully they have that backup script ready to fire and Chase Daniels mm-hmm. goes out there and looks good in that first half and there's some turnovers in the second half and some some comeback scores that uh, drive this thing into the I think, uh, 50s like there's no props out yet, but I think Anthony Miller could be a good look in this game. I mean, two weeks ago, he kind of went off on them, and then you saw what DJ Moore did last week. Right. Um, so That's out of the right. slot, even if it is a short week, like Detroit can't defend it. So uh, I don't see how that's going to change, and he might be a pretty big part of the game plan. I like that, Anthony. Yes, I like that, man. I like that. That kid had fire. He was, the, yeah. I, of all the players on the Bears for offense, I was the most scared of him holding a Vikings ticket. What do you think, Andy? 
He doesn't agree. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the <laughs> most scared of Khalil okay. Mack. I'm holding. Oh, Khalil, oh, that's a good point. Yes, Khalil Mack was the, yeah. the scariest. That's that's true. That is true. Um, okay, so let's say. Uh, okay, so we'll, we'll, and by the way, as far as props go, uh, we mentioned on the Sunday Monday pod uh, that we're going to do a contest. Props obviously aren't up. That was going to be part of the contest. Look for information on Twitter tomorrow so you can play along with us. We're going to back a side, a total, a teaser, a prop, and a parlay. And if you want to play along as well and you can beat the rest of the field, then we'll give you a cool prize by way of me making you a cool header for your Twitter profile. Um, let's talk about uh, Dallas uh, versus the Redskins, shall we, Andy? Yeah. Uh, like yeah, like have, I brought up there, McCoy. McCoy will McCoy be starting a downgrade. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that? I mean, have you been super excited about Alex Smith? It's been a not running team. No, not at all. They've they've not been they've been a run base, and he, it's not like he's been bad. I don't want to shit talk Alex Smith. They lead their division. They've been great stopping the run. They've. Adrian Peterson is on some crazy drugs that make him like 26 again. You know, they've, they've looked good at times. They've been lucky at times too, I think, but Washington's not a bad team. I'm not going to like shit talk their team. I'm not going to shit talk Alex Smith, but I don't think Colt McCoy is some huge downgrade. He's, Oh, do we, should we say journeyman? Is he journeyman? Oh, He's yes. journeyman. Very much so. We'll call him a journeyman. Like I, he can, I think he can run that offense just as effectively I guess I hope Dallas wins because I, I don't want Washington to win the division, but I, I'm a little flummoxed by the amount of respect they're giving Dallas right now. And I guess the Washington cluster injuries on the offensive line aren't helping anything either. So this is a, this is kind of an ugly, an ugly touchdown favorite, but can you really back Dallas and Dak? I guess I kind of want your take on on the renaissance of Dallas over the past few weeks. They have looked better, but I, but there's, you know, it's too, too close in my memory. Some of the early games where that offense was just the ugliest thing on earth. Yeah. They burned my ass last week. I had a, I had a, uh, uh, Falcons ticket that went up in smoke. Um, I, I guess, um, (laughs) so let's talk about line adjustment. It's about four, four and a half points. We were expecting to see this game be uh, Dallas minus four. It, after the injury, it opened up seven and a half, eight in some places. Still sits seven and a half, eights. Um, that's a four point swing. And I, in the exact same vein that we were talking Too about Chase, much. it's a lot. In the exact same vein we were talking about Chase Daniels, the Dallas Cowboys saw this team on October 21st, barely before Halloween. They lost Dallas Cowboys lost to this team 20 to 17. They have seen Alex Smith. They know how to stop Alex Smith. They probably have plans that they devised for that game on how to stop Alex Smith. They have none of that for Colt McCoy and the, the surprise, you know, the short notice, uh, you know, short week, I think absolutely plays, you know, plays into Washington likely having some more success on offense than would be expected by this line, or at least implied by this line move. Um, I guess, you know, are we hanging too much, Mark? Are we hanging too much on putting, um, you know, both of these games into the same category and expecting this one angle that we pulled out of thin air to be, you know, in any way predictive? (laughs) Uh, maybe, yeah. I feel like uh, well, I've known you guys forever, so uh, we go way back, and I'm pretty 
you guys can talk me into stuff pretty easy. So I'm trying to trying to put on a different cap and not and come up with some negatives for this. And um, I think maybe like what what if we talked about how Colt McCoy had success coming in against Houston because they did not prepare for him. That's um, absolutely true. ready for Alex Smith. Um, absolutely Dallas, true. Albeit on a short week, we'll know who the starter is. Um, that Washington line is not getting any healthier. Um, I don't know. I just I, I I don't know if I see Colt McCoy being able to pull anything off here. And I also I don't think Dallas is a very good team. And I think if you're laying more than a touchdown with Jason Garrett, you're probably asking to lose money. So. <laughs> yes, I agree. Uh, that um, is a strong point. Okay, so uh, I'll challenge you on one of those points, and that's about Dallas not being a good team. And I will say that they clearly, to me, have a top five defense. Uh, there are a lot of players on this defense that are playing, you know, having career years. Uh, yes, yeah. Um, and I definitely uh, yeah, he's not... having the best year he's ever had. Yes, yeah. And you know, I did not expect uh, them to be a top tier unit whatsoever. This has kind of come out of thin air uh, a little bit. And you know, they're you know when my initial gut reaction to this was this game sets up to for Dallas's defense is just going to smother Washington. They're going to smother them. They have a vicious D line. They have guys they can rotate in. That, pa- that pass rush that- is going to have a field day. That you would think. And I went, I did actually some digging for our other Canadian friend, Mill, Millhouse. He had asked me about the, uh, you know, grades for the Washington line since they sustained all those injuries and whether it's made an impact. And I mean, the obvious anecdotal evidence is they got their quarterback killed. Uh, so they're not as good. Um, but, you know, you look at the pro football focus grades, at least, and, you know, there's some reason to question those a little bit when it comes to alignment from the past experience. Uh, but you look at those grades and the O-line is grading e- exactly equally as efficient over the last three games as they were in their first eight. And that that ninth game where they had all of those injuries against the Falcons was the one where, you know, their O-line kind of fell apart. Um, and they still haven't really dropped off a ton in efficiency. So they should be able to at least, you know, hold their own to the same, the same way that they did against the Dallas defense the first time. Uh, so does that mean we're going to see the Redskins get to 40 points? Could they get higher than 40 points? Uh, the first time we had, um, Adrian Peterson went for almost a hundred. Uh, I felt like Zeke was criminally underused in that one. That game should have tied 40, 40, but, uh, the clapper did some pretty horrendous end of game management and they got a penalty that took them out of the game tying field goal range. Um, and yes, there are a lot of questions about the Dallas offense that they, you know, aren't necessarily to be trusted. A hundred percent agreed. All that said, this is still an NFL game in a standalone spot and, uh, 40 and a half points when you're talking about, uh, you know, a quarterback that I think in Washington, at least a quarterback, that's going to be a little bit you know, of a surprise for Dallas to be prepared for, uh, 40 and a half points just seems like way too few. Um, maybe I'm being ridiculous and, you know, this is, you know, this is the dumb snoozer under one. Everybody takes a Turkey, uh, induced nap during. Um, but I do, I feel like this is going to be a somewhat competitive game. I feel like 40 and a half points is, you know, pretty easy pickings on the over. Um, Andy, anything you want to talk me out of this? I hadn't really given a lot of thought. Yeah. 
just tease Dallas and call it a, I, call it an afternoon. Ew. See, like, <coughs> excuse me. Here we are, just three rubes sitting talking about how bad Washington's offensive line is and how good Dallas's defensive line is. You feel like Jay Gruden knows this too, probably. Oh, for sure. He's got a grasp on this. Like, you, you gotta change. You, you have to game plan. Your entire game plan is: How are we gonna move the ball? How are we gonna get the ball out quickly? How are we gonna let them over pursue and run some bubble screens, screen passes, things like that? I think Washington—they're not—they're not looking like the stupidest team in the world this year. No, they are playing like, somewhat I, competent. I, I, oh my god, I'm gonna say Jay Gruden will be at a coaching advantage. <laughs> oh, oh I, I'm gonna go. Actually, you guys talk about Atlanta, New Orleans. I'm okay, okay, go man. You know, we'll, after that, let me pose gross, a question. But no, but like, just I think I think Washington can stay in this game. I, again, I, I no feel in the total. I probably lean over with you just because. I mean, you made some good points. I can be talking that I'm not interested in betting it, but. I, I really am. I'm really tempted to take Washington in the points rather than teasing Dallas here because it just feels like that's a bit, that's a bit much for that offense. Even yeah. The way it's looking. Yeah. Now. Hey, uh, Andy, would it surprise you to know that the last three uh, games in Jerry world all went over? Wow. Like Hosting. the last three teams game between these two teams or what? Uh, the last three games between these just- two teams have not very many of those have gone over. Um, but the last three home games in Jerry world uh, against the Titans, against the Jags, against the Lions, all of those went over the total uh, average of those was uh, almost, um, you know, was uh, fifth, about 45 points. So it's uh, it's they are, points are being scored in Jerry world this year um, is all I'm trying to say. And uh, Dallas's offense is, you know, it has dynamic. It has a dynamic weapon in Zeke Elliott and it has some you know, semblance of people finding their roles in the wake of the Amari Cooper trade. Um, Beasley and um, Gallup and sort of the Cooper, Cooper has seemed to have found a spot in the offense. He has. And he's kind of given everyone else like better advantage, more advantages in their secondary roles, if that makes sense. Right. Like having him as the wide receiver one, he's not playing wide receiver one particularly well. But he's letting the wide receiver two have a better matchup, and he's letting the wide receiver three and yeah. tight end have a better matchup. So it's it's kind of helping everybody all together, I guess. And With, Zeke Elliott and is as, out of this world good. He's super freaking good. I, I and if they deploy him correctly, you're Jerry Trent, the Jerry World trend, like the 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 going with the stadium trend. I think that's trash. I, I don't okay. know if that's predictive, but but I still think it goes over. <laughs> like 40 and a half does seem yes. low right now. In general, it is kind of, you know, it's indoor, whatever you want to call it. Semi-indoor. Yeah. Like, and the offense is, is, the offense is clicking a little better. The only thing I could see is if Washington does go with a lot of dink and dunk and running game and they do have some longer drives, I could slow things down, but it's still, this should probably be like 43. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. 43, 43 44. 44. I'm capping it, it isn't, in that range. It yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. No, so the Jerry World trend was more about like um the knock on Dallas's offense is that they haven't been great on the road this year. They won obviously their last two. Uh, but then the flip was that they they play a little better on offense at home uh over the course of this year, at least. Um, maybe really the last two years, I guess. Uh anyway, I think Dallas is, you know, is is 
decent enough to get the job done. I'm not worried about them as a teaser leg or a money line parlay leg really at all. Um, but I think this is going to be a competitive game, relatively high scoring and, uh, <laughs> compared to the 40 and a half point total. And, uh, the over again is going to be my look. Um, you guys got a quick hot second for, uh, uh, sidebar gambling story. Sure. From back in the day. Well, we do have a dozen games left here, Whale. I know. We'll get to them, but we didn't do any intro this time. Okay. And it's Thanksgiving. Uh, and this is a Colt That's McCoy true. versus the Dallas Cowboys story. Uh, so there was a, a time when I was relatively inexperienced doing sports betting, uh, you know, at least compared to now. I wasn't like all in on this. Um, I had the coldest run of my life, and it was not even fucking close. I think I lost. Uh, something like 25 plays in a row. Uh, and, I, and it, and it was like, it was like, I was telling, I was like trying to find slump busters and could not bust out of the slump. And it would, most of this was in college football. I kind of, I gave up college football after this season. Cause I was like, I just can't do this anymore. Uh, but like, uh, it was like unbelievably cold and it carried through to NFL Sunday one week. And I think I had, like 90 something dollars left in my online account. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to, you know, re re up this, you know, eventually. So I uh, came to Monday night football. I put a two leg parlay together, Redskins to win outright as nine and a half point dogs parlayed with the under. Uh, And this was October 27th, 2014. uh, And quarterback for the Redskins in that game was none other than Mr. Colt McCoy. (laughs) And so this was like, I was at the bottom of my bankroll. I put the entirety of what I had left on this parlay. And I was like, yeah, if it wins, I'm back in it. If it loses, uh, I'll just, uh, you know, put in a couple hundred bucks and just write out the rest of the season and try to learn some lessons here. Um, in this game, <laughs> the, as again, the, you know, the Redskins were nine and a half point dogs. They put on a masterclass uh, of offense and defense uh, holding, uh, and, and actually I think Tony Romo, uh, was the starter. He got hurt at halftime. They put Brandon Whedon in the game. So it was Whedon versus Colt McCoy on Monday night football, uh, in Dallas. And, uh, it ended up, uh, with a, the, the, uh, the Cowboys t- coming back from 17, 10 down, they tied it with the Jason Witten pass from Brandon Whedon. And I'm like, shit, this is going to overtime. And so I had under 40, you know, under 43 and, I was like anything but a touchdown here. Don't don't do don't give me a touchdown. Don't want. I didn't want the push. Uh, and uh, the Redskins end up kicking a forty-yard field goal to win in twenty seventeen. I think my parlay paid like ten to one, so I went from ninety bucks back up to a thousand. And I was like, okay, that was meant to be. Saved my whole <laughs> entire twenty fourteen season. I was like, that's <laughs> like that 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 uh, you know that that was the gift from the gambling guys to get back in the you know, skin back in the game. It's like when you're playing poker and you're on your last, you know, your last hand, you're like, okay, well, all in. And if this goes out, I'm out. And if it comes back, then I'm back in the game. And uh, Colt McCoy did it for me. He came up with the incredible upset over Tony Romo's Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football. Uh, and, and people say we don't talk about bankroll management. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're Just down, dropping you're awesome 100. Yeah, yeah. So that was the, that was like the rock bottom. Uh, for me back in the day, 2014. Um, but, uh, you know, 
I was swinging wildly back and forth back then. And, you know, and nowadays I practice a hell of a lot better bankroll management. And I can look back on these stories, you know, look back on those times and laugh because I was a freaking, I was a mess. Uh, and, uh, it's, you know, it's lucky that I bring up an interesting point though. Like where, where do you turn to, to learn this stuff? Like it's an expensive habit. It's an expensive hobby. It's an expensive, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, a lot of the places that have a big hold on, um, I don't know, I guess you'd call it the media share or whatever you want to call it, or places that you would, you know, you take on how to like gamble or anything. The places that come up are not places I would want to be learning from. Yeah, um, no, you, you're right. You're so right. It, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think this podcast is a great place for people to tune in, obviously. Um, but yeah, it it's kind of interesting. And then the noise kind of gets perpetual and, you guys, you guys, because I guess, am, am I alone in having a story like that? Or have you guys gone through no, times like that in your betting career? Oh, I just try not to bring them up because they're embarrassing. <laughs> like, you should be ashamed of yourself. But, like, that's, like, this is a results-based story. Like, yeah, that was a terrible idea. That was a dumb waste of $90. And yeah, you, shouldn't yes. have, uh, you shouldn't have done it. But it, it, in the, I've, it's not like... Oh man, like six, seven years ago, I won a, I won a six team against the spread teaser, a teaser on that teaser just to parlay. Yes. And I mean, for, I can't remember exactly what I won, but it was a lot for how much I was betting. Cause I was betting a lot of these, that, you know, <laughs> not, I was betting, I was betting quite a bit of three, four, five, six team teaser of course. Uh, parlays. And, of course. And honestly, like a team, well, the last one, uh, like the running back went out of bounds at the one in a game that had been long decided to, to cash it. Like I was, I was dying and then I cashed out. It was from an offshore and I cashed out and I, I got that check like 19 weeks later. However, that worked. Out, Jesus, so. the, the worst one I ever did this was my low point on the real quick and then we can move on. Um, so we have these things in uh, Canada called sports flex. They're basically at every gas station. So it's legal to bet on sports, but you have to do it in like all these weird kind of pro lines. Yeah. Crazy, stupid, bad odds. Um, but anyways, my <laughs> low point was filled out a six team one or what I thought was a six team one came home. It was like for 20 bucks, watched it. All the teams won. It was like the first time it was week 15. I was all excited, went down to the gas station to cash in. And I realized that I had put it in for player props. And I was like, well, what the fuck is a player prop? I didn't even know what that was. Uh, so of course <laughs> had had lost it. Cause I somehow had filled out the wrong sheet because all the numbers lined up and yeah, so there's <laughs> definitely some dark days in the past. I love it. Well, uh, if you're listening out there and you're relatively new to gambling, just know that these kind of stories, everybody goes through this stuff. It's important to kind of, you know, learn the hard way for some people. For me, it's, you know, I learned the hard way on a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Stuff. And Andy's Absolutely. right. Like, don't bet at the no, gas stations. Yeah. No, don't bet at the gas stations. Yeah. <laughs> you, they yeah, have like, that in like Maryland or Delaware. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But you'll go through, you know, as you go through gambling and whether you're playing table games or betting on sports or whatever, like you have those moments. And uh, I'm going to, you know, I'll just, I'll be going through like full on flashbacks with Colt McCoy's trotting out there on Thursday, uh, playing, you know, playing in Dallas. Uh, against the Cowboys, and I'll remember fondly how he uh, rescued me from bankruptcy. Uh, not really; it was I wasn't. It wasn't even that much money. I was kind of screwing around because it still felt quasi illegal. Uh, but you know, he did save. He did save my ass. My ass was in the jackpot, and he saved me uh, in that uh, in that game back in 2014. Uh, good times. Um, 
You got any uh, any more thoughts on Redskins or Cowboys, or should we move to the prime time nighttime slot? We, you know, you know how when I so when a guy throws for like two touchdowns in the first five minutes, sure. You know, you know the jokes that they get that get made, like when when there's like 21 points scored instantly, and they're like, "This game's on pace for 281 points." Of course. Well, yeah, we're we're 40 minutes deep and we're two games in, so this podcast is on pace for 4.2 hours. All right, we'll pick it up here. Yeah, I think we have to move on to Atlanta. We haven't even made it through Thanksgiving, you hosers. All right, man. Uh, Atlanta season's lost. Uh, that loss against the Cowboys last week was a soul crusher. Uh, New Orleans is the hottest Ugly. team in the league, without a doubt. They're the hottest team in the league, coming off of two almost forty-point wins. Um, we got uh, a night clash here between two high-power offenses in the NFC South, where we've seen just buckets and buckets of points scored this season. Uh, we were expecting in the preseason that these teams were about even in power rating. And this look ahead line was new Orleans minus three. It <laughs> opened new Orleans minus 13. Andy is a 10 point adjustment to this point in the season. Reasonable. Yeah. And I don't think it's like that. They had them so wrong in the preseason. Maybe a and they were. I mean, they were probably too low on New Orleans, too high in Atlanta, but Atlanta's injuries have really sucked. And New Orleans figuring it out on offense last year, it seemed like, you know, with the, the young guys, the rookie class they had, and how they looked on defense with some of the guys they brought in or drafted. It was like, oh, you know, they don't have to rely on Drew Brees in this offense anymore. And Kamara's running nice. It's a little bit of a slower offense. It, it's a team that can stop you from scoring. Well, that, that was just like a one-year thing, I guess, because yeah. New Orleans is back to dropping 40, 50 points on people's asses. And That's I don't incredible. see how you – Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is so good. Kamara, they brought Ingram. You know, you get Ingram back. Ingrams, they have two very, very good running backs who can do it in all phases of the game. They're, I mean, they're both kind of like three-down backs, really, if you wanted to. Drew Brees is making nobody look Brees, good out there. Drew, Drew Brees is smart. He's just a smart, savvy veteran. He holds a lot of records for a reason. I'm not going to go lay 13 points, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not thinking Atlanta has a shot in hell here. Obviously, you go look at the money line price. Yeah, Drew Brees made uh, Traquan Smith look like an All Pro last week. Uh, you know, it's, it's just incredible what he's doing, what they're doing Who? as a team. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I still can't help, but I'm like a moth to the flame here fading the saints because these lines I just feel like are so inflated and I can't help myself. I'm taking 13. Yeah. I want to, I want to, I want some of these points here on this night slot. I just feel like this is a competitive game. Atlanta's out of playoff contention. They're going to play a little looser. This is their super bowl. They might as well hang one on their arch rivals. They should have beaten them in week three. These saints in every respect could have gone. Oh, and three out of the gate. They absolutely could have. I had the saints in week three. I felt like I, that was a lucky ass win. They were dogs in that one. They went in overtime 43, 37. I, you know, the Falcons are going to be able to score points on this team. They're going to be able to keep pace with them. This feels more like the game we saw last night to me than it does a lopsided saints runaway victory crown their ass type of moment. Uh, the Falcons might have Deion Jones back. The Falcons definitely have, 
you know, a full complement of healthy weapons on offense at this point. Uh, only guy missing Devontae Freeman, but they've got a capable backup in Coleman. Um, I like a competitive game from the Falcons here, and I'm going to actually back plus 11, get it to plus money. Um, Falcons plus 11 and a half. Sorry. Falcons plus 11 and a half for me. Uh, 11 is a fine key number to stop on. So I'm going to, so Falcons plus 11 and a half at plus 100 is my look in this one. Uh, Mill, are you with me back in the Falcons or is the Saints truck going to back over my corpse for like the fourth time this season? Um, so I've sold points like all year because I think that's, that's just the way to go. I think you're getting way more and I can appreciate everything you're saying. I can even agree with you. A lot of your Atlanta points, I will not be touching this game unless it gets to 14. Uh, two touchdowns in a division, sure, I'll back that. Uh, 11, am I surprised if the Saints win by a little bit more than 10? Absolutely not. Um, I, I think maybe where my big hang-up is in this game is I do not trust uh, Stark calling plays in the red zone to keep up with Breeze and Peyton in the red zone. If McVeigh and Goff couldn't do it, I just have no faith that Sark and Ryan will. Oh, you're kind of crushing my thoughts on this, and I think you're probably onto something there. The play calling what? and the backside is kind of real. What do you think, Andy? Who ruins this? Teaser, ties reduced, NFL sides, 10 points. Chicago Bears plus seven. Redskins plus 18 and a half Falcons plus 24 five dimes has the teaser protection on has the, has the Falcons at plus 14 so 10 point <laughs> teaser takes them to 24, baby. Well, I would be sweating uh, that 24. Yeah. You, you know, you'd be sweating that 24. Like, you know, and you know the, you at be. some point, at some point in the game, the, the saints will be up by 21 and you'll be doubting that bat. Mm-hmm. It's like a minus one twenty eight too. Interesting. But no, uh, um, I I have no no no. Uh, maybe a live bet's the better way to look at this. You're sitting on the couch after a, a nice day, belly full of turkey, and I bet you something will pop, and you can get a better number than what you're seeing now. Uh, that's a good point. I'm pretty sure really yeah. early into this game, you'll see how it's going to go. If Atlanta struggles the first drive, probably have no confidence in them to figure it out. Or if they look great, maybe uh, maybe you get a pretty decent number after the Saints come back and score or something like that. How In that vein, how low does the Saints number need to go for you to uh, place a live over? Under 10. Under 10. Oh, okay. Okay. You're not even uh, looking for like seven. You're looking for no. like nine and a half? Yeah. Like around there, I, involved. I might play that game. Dude, that sounds kind of fun. Um. um yeah, good. That sounds it's it's like uh, the Tennessee New Orleans or Tennessee New England in the playoffs last year. Tennessee went down and scored, and that the some books moved that live line to a touchdown. Like yeah, New England by point. seven, and we saw it's not going to be the greatest of that, especially depending on how the, yeah, the I mean, before there'll be a lot of liability built up on this one. So that's a great, great, great point. Um, we talked about this on uh, Monday, Andy. Uh, is it stupid to be considering taking these points and not also be looking at the over in this game? 60 points might be 11 free points if you compare it to the NFC South average. Uh, why? Yeah. Number one, why is this only 60? And number two, uh, is, uh, is there a correlation here between points and over or under in your mind? I don't, I don't, know, if team, I don't know if teams... You know, books are ready to hang 65s all the time. 
because they might just get crushed on the under if they put something that big and and then you know they don't want something quite that lopsided i guess even though we are seeing lopsided money to the over right now uh, i guess i'm no. not sure i, I feel like it's probably pretty fair Mill, how, how how have the high totals been doing uh, in your estimation this season? Like anything over 55, it's kitten, it's hitting at a stupid high clip, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. And I think what's holding these back from going a little higher is, um, you know, anyone who kind of has a math-based model, especially some of these sharper groups, there's just, there's no way that total <laughs> yes, of 63 right. is going to be like, yeah, that's an over. It's going to be an auto under just based on how these models are run. Um, and they're going to trust the number and they're going to bet it. And that's why you saw some resistance in the game last night. I, that, can you you want to hear a crazy story real quick, Mill? Uh, I've been tracking my closing line value on every play I've made so far this season. I had my best week of the whole year last year. I went 8-1 and one against the spread. And I'm sorry, against the closing uh, line. Um, and the one I lost was the Rams over. Yeah, That was the only one that was bet away from me. And that one covered by a cool 40 and a half points. <laughs> I think that makes total sense. And I, I just because of who is going to be betting, who is going to be moving those numbers and what they're using to bet those games. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so do you think that this is an over spot? I wouldn't look under. Um, <laughs> would I look to the over? I don't know. I, it, to me, it comes back to I don't trust Atlanta in the red zone. Uh, okay. Do I see okay. the Saints putting up fifty? I mean, they have. If it stays under, it's because it's like forty to forty to ten. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And I just don't have enough faith in Atlanta. I'm going to spoil one of my picks for the contest. My parlay is going to be the over, over, over on Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, who blows that, Andy? Which one of those is the loser? Washington Dallas, maybe. Yeah. If one of these games stays under. Which game is it? Uh, it's going to be Atlanta, New Orleans. It's going to go Thank under you. now that we've been talking about it and saying we have a chance. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. like a. a like it'll, it'll land on like game. 58. Well, it'll, be, also, it'll be like 38 21. So you're telling me I should sell some points. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, um, that's going to be my parlay for the contest. Uh, and uh, best of luck to you. Lots of points on Thanksgiving. Uh, in the back of my head, I'm kind of hoping that all that, that Monday night football game with all of the teams in the NFL watching, that that's going to inspire a bunch of overs across the card this week. Like everybody's going to be like, well, man, we got to show out like they did, um, you know, or we got to prove that we're in the, we should be in the conversation like those guys. Um, so I think we're going to see a decent amount of points scored this coming week and hopefully lots of it on thanksgiving um i don't know do you want to spend any time talking about this first game on sunday andy you got a feel for uh jags buffalo and this and are you surprised that jacksonville's trotting blake Bortles out there for sure i'm surprised there's not the undecided tag on both quarterbacks i've this won't be a game i touch buffalo's been all over the place this year Jacksonville's very hard to read. This isn't something you'd like. This isn't a, a high confidence pick if I had to go any which way on this. I'd lean under. I think 37 and a half might even be a bit high. This could be a really disgusting game. Buffalo's defense is, is probably the better defense right now out of these two, which is saying something. 
Like they, they've played actually a little more consistently. Jacksonville's had some real stinkers. I was really looking forward to fading Jacksonville off that heartbreaking loss against Pittsburgh, where that was their defense's probably last stand on the season. Pretty sad to see them play uh, Buffalo this week. So uh, it's going to be nothing for me, but definitely going to be looking to fade the Jags uh, further down the road. Yeah, you make a good point. The Jags defense lost their Super Bowl. Uh, they could completely no show in this one, uh, but I'll be damned if I'm going to exactly. back. I'm going to be damned if I'm going to back Buffalo and the undecided quarterback uh, at a line that's as short as three and a half. So we'll uh, we'll go ahead and skip that one. It's crazy. Buffalo's probably real quick. Andy Buffalo going to make their season win total over after all this. <laughs> like they've won some crazy games. Yeah, they could get this game. I don't they know. could get this game. They could get their win. They could get their win total over. I can't believe it. It's being contested in the cold of Buffalo. Jacksonville, obviously, probably not going to be super thrilled to be going up to cold, uh, blustery New York in the middle of December off of that loss. Uh, this is a spot where you would probably look Buffalo, but can't possibly at this price with an undecided quarterback. Um, speaking of just god awful games and god awful teams, Oakland Raiders head out east to face the Baltimore Ravens. Derek Carr and company came back and improbably won against the Cardinals. Improbable, not because they weren't good enough, but because why would they want to win? They did it anyway. Uh, They've taken themselves out of first draft position. Um, And you got to think that uh, there's probably going to be some, you know, some, you know, incentive to make sure they don't come away accidentally with another win. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Relatively capable debut. Uh, should get a win here against a, a pretty helpless Oakland team. Andy, are you going anywhere near this game? <sighs> I, I called my Oakland game last week. Oakland money line. I'm hoping hoping for some Lamar magic. I'm hoping another week with the playbook has him looking better. But, man, are we laying, we're laying that many points all of a sudden with this guy? Like, he didn't, he didn't do that much. So, uh... I don't want to lay that many points with Baltimore. I don't want to. I don't want to trust Oakland uh, with that many points at all, though. Like this is just both sides of these are so ugly. You look at it. Sometimes you'll do that and you'll like talk yourself into betting the other side. Like, oh, I guess I I do want to take the points, but no, this is this is a game I could be talked into staying away pretty easily. These these two games. Hopefully, there's. I mean, looking at the next. The noon slate on Sunday. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's I pretty bad. No, what I'm going to watch? Seattle, Carolina, I guess. Seattle, Carolina. Oof, we'll get there in a second. Can I make a case for? Uh, wow. Can wow, I make the a noon case? slate's hot garbage. It's hot uh, garbage. I am going to make a case for Lamar Jackson over running props. If it's anything less Ooh. than like 80 yards, um, they opened it this week or last week. Sorry, at uh, 46 and a half. 57. Oh, it was 46 and a half. And if we have learned uh, anything about prop markets uh, from, you know, Bell last year, kind of any running back coming back from injury or, or anyone really, it's that the prop markets are very slow to adjust, a lot slower than uh, the main markets will be. So you look at this game, uh, I can see Lamar Jackson being a real problem for John Gruden, who is perhaps the world's dumbest human being, let alone NFL coach. <laughs> Oh, uh, they have their linebacker corps have played uh what is it 1500 snaps this year they have no sacks no forced fumbles uh 
and they traded away Khalil Mack. So I just think they're going to have a really hard time containing Lamar Jackson doing anything to stop him. I think the prop market's going to be too slow to catch up to someone who put up 127 yards. Uh, I mean, even if the prop market doubles and it goes up to 80, 85, I still think I look over on his rushing yards. Okay. I dig that. Good, good call. I can't wait to see it open at like 69 or something. Um, let's talk about uh, San Francisco heading to Tampa Bay real quick. Uh, I took an under position on this. I feel like 55 points is stupid, stupid high for a game with Nick Mullins and with the Tampa Bay squad that just lost some key pieces on top of another really tough game. Uh, you're trotting Jameis Winston out there. Uh, the likelihood that he lights the world on fire and scores, you know, 20, 28 plus points, I think is pretty low. And uh, 55 points is just laughably high up to me. I feel like this is a 24-21 type of snooze fest. And uh, this doesn't even come close to the total. And I think San Francisco is even probably a live dog in this. I think the Tampa Bay has quit on their coach. The coach has quit on their team. Uh, and uh, you could think see things go sideways pretty quickly here. Um, Tampa Bay without... Jameis Winston's safety blanket, OJ Howard, likely. Um, Andy, am I uh, onto something here with the under? Or, uh, you is are. Stupid? I agree with you on yeah. this wholeheartedly. This one kind of popped, popped at me on Sunday. I didn't grab it yet, and it's gone up. Yeah, what's up with that? I thought it was high. It's like there was places that opened 54, I think. Yeah, so hey, there were. Yeah, I, I don't get it. And I think if we see more Tampa Bay money, I'm not going to be afraid to grab like – if we see more Tampa Bay money, I'm not going to be afraid to grab San Francisco at like three and a half or four. I dig and that. then I guess if it swings the other way, fuck it, I'll tease the Niners. <laughs> yeah, I dig that. I dig it. Yeah, I'm um, not getting in bed with Tampa right now. I, no, I just, got, I've, no. I don't think, I don't think uh, the the coaching the coaching mismatch there is disgusting. It's lopsided big time does that coaching mismatch lend to san francisco being a live dog here mill i don't i don't have a read on this game or, or uh really any interest uh like the tampa bay why don't they just uh alternate qbs one play one play like i, I am <laughs> what are they no doing interest yes. in watching any of their games or, or betting on it because i think um, I'm trying this new thing where I don't put myself through physical pain on purpose on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> well, not betting on coaches that have terrible, 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 uh, you know, t- teams that have terrible coaches or teams that have quarterbacks named Nick Mullins is probably a good start. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so let's, uh, let's slide on down the list. Talk about, uh, another total that I backed. I think I'm up to like five totals already. Uh, and here we are in like the fifth game. Um, I'm on the uh, I'm on the over here with uh, Eli Manning and company heading down to Philly for a rematch, and two teams headed in opposite directions. You're going to hear that a lot in the setup to this game. Um, New, York, New York Giants coming on hard. Uh, New York Giants full complement of healthy weapons on offense. Barkley and uh, and. Odell Beckham Jr., legitimate threats to score multiple touchdowns in every single game. Philly trotting out like their eighth-string cornerbacks to defend the likes of Sterling Shepard and Odell Beckham Jr. and Evan Ingram and the whole crew. Cannot get enough of um, there being points scored in this one. Um, A little bit uh, trappy. Uh, in terms of the Giants, uh, would you and Mill, you have a good read on the Giants. Uh, do you ha- do you think this is uh, the books? Is this is this 
too good to be true. Giants getting six points, playing as well as they're playing against a team like the Eagles who are in free fall? My gut reaction would be yes. I was quite surprised by this line, and maybe I'm surprised by it because I have fallen uh, too much into the media hype surrounding the Giants and too much into the media hype surrounding how bad Philadelphia is. Uh, Yeah, Philadelphia is going to be without a lot of corners, but at the end of the day, the the question you have to ask yourself is how much trust are you going to put into Eli Manning to put together consecutive successful games? Uh, And I don't feel good about it. I don't. I I really don't. Like I, you look at Eli, you watch him play and you're like, well, you just know, like, it's like the chargers. You watch Philip Rivers play and you know, he's going to have a stinker of a game and it's going to screw you. Uh, and Eli, I feel the same same way about. So I like your look at the over, but uh, side of this is not something I'll be involved in. I like that call. So basically, it's not if, it's when. And you're prepared for when being now, <laughs> basically. I, I wouldn't be uh, when next week when they play the Bears. It's just, I don't know. I, I, it's coming. It's coming. Okay. It's coming um, I'm tired of trying to find which team is coming out of this division because I think they're all bad. Okay. Okay. Uh, I can't see a world where the Giants don't get into the 20s based on how poor Philly's uh, coverage is looking right now. Andy, uh, does Philly threaten this over if they uh, if we see another game the likes that you know Carson Wentz performed down in the Big Easy last week? Don't you want to just fade that? Like, don't you want to just fade that uh, narrative though? Like when the yes. media does this, yes, yes. Like I do, do want to just like because they, they are going to just talk about this. These are big markets. This is going to be all over the pregame shows, and New York, New York's going to take all this money, and Philly's going to blow. We've seen this over and over. You just feel like Philly's going to blow them out because this is how this works. When <laughs> when two teams can't, they can't stop talking about how one team's, oh, they're, they're up and coming, they're turning around, and oh, Philly's dead, and then boom, Philly wins by 30. Boom, uh, boom. I don't, boom. I don't have a strong yeah. feeling, a feeling like that. It just, it just seems like that's how that goes. That And New York, maybe there's something to be said for some of these younger coaches starting to catch their stride midway through the season as far as giving New York some credit because Shermer was kind of thrown. We talked last week too. Shermer got thrown into a tough position and maybe he's make what, what is it making chicken salad out of chicken shit? Yes. He's been making a with lot of that with Eli Manning. <laughs> he's been making a lot of that. No, pl- no play for me. <clears throat> okay. Well, over 46 is it for me. I love this look. Love it. Uh, it. I could see both teams getting to uh, getting into the 30s here and 46. I, it's I know it's in division. I know they play each other tough. This is going to be a back and forth competitive game with both teams scoring on offense. I just I can't. I'm excited to watch it. To be honest, it should be a fun game. And you know, I wanted to tickle a little Giants to win the East because I feel like I missed out on it two weeks ago. Although I have backed the Giants two weeks in a row, so I've been accruing a little bit of value, looking to buy at the bottom on them. Um, and I went to go look at what their odds were for the East. Did you see that five dimes listed the other three teams to win the East, but not the Giants specifically? And what the hell? What, what's scared. that about? They're they don't scared. want. They, they don't want to. They, take don't, want to, they, don't, they want don't want that, that liability. Forty to one money. They don't want that liability, right? They don't have to put it up because the right, the true number should That's be telling. Like That's 40 telling. Forty to one. <laughs> so Andy, Dallas wins the East or what? 
you don't you don't it have is an nuts like anybody anybody could win the east like it still could be the giants if they just rattle off a bunch it's a stupid division i think philly takes it <laughs> i think they get it figured out i honestly wow. i do i think i think i think they'll get it figured out philly figures they're it not out they're the not dead they're not division I, it'll come this this division is going to come right down to the end did you see what i posted when i posted the odds don't look at it now if you didn't already see it <laughs> yeah no i did what do you think of that number plus 330 oh, a, for philly it needs to be higher we need we need like five to one or something right yeah, three, yeah three, no i wouldn't th- i'm not gonna oh especially i'm already in bed with him i don't need more you don't need more right okay 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 yeah. okay well, it's a fun fun to talk about it. Uh, their their defense is so fucked, man. They're so fucked. They lost. They've lost so many players in the secondary that they're on like they're they're literally calling guys. They're getting trying to get Mark Wahlberg on the phone to trot him out there to play safety. Um, let's talk about uh, Cleveland Cincinnati. I have no no interest in this game. I really wish this wasn't being played. I really wish these weren't NFL teams. Uh, and I have. Now, I guess I'll cheer That's for Baker. <laughs> I guess I'll cheer for Baker Mayfield to do well, although I don't want to wish any success upon Greg Williams. So let's maybe let's go. Let's see a tie or something. I guess I really don't care for this game, uh, and I don't feel like breaking it down. And uh, you know these these uh, Ohio teams can go to hell. Uh, Andy, <laughs> sorry, you gonna play this? Jesus. Oh God, no! <laughs> fucking awful. <laughs> if you want to bet an Ohio game this week, let's supplant this discussion, Andy, with. Ohio State, Michigan. Who wins that game? Yeah. Probably Michigan. Oh, you think? They're better. I don't know if they'll cover, but I think they get it done close. Should be. It should be. It could be a better game. It will be a better game than the than the Big Ten championship, obviously. But it might be a better game than uh, than both of the semifinals put together. Is this basically a playoff spot? on the line in this game. I think so. Both these teams are much better than Northwestern. And like obviously Ohio winner, State had the, a stinker one way, but the winner of this game gets the fourth slot in the playoffs in place. There would have to be some there would have to be some shenanigans for I think Ohio State winning would be less likely to get in because they have a worse loss if other things went but yeah essentially a play in game. Mill, uh, you have any uh, opinion here on this uh, Cleveland-Cincinnati game, or should we move down to uh, the game everyone wants to talk about with the Patriots? We, we should move down. My one comment is uh, I wish Hugh Jackson, a.k.a. Dwight Schrute, assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> oh, I forgot so this. Assistant to the head coach, all the best. And, uh, oh, my God. I forgot <laughs> this was the uh, Dwight Schrute revenge game. Uh, I, still... I might actually be on Cincinnati in this game. but Interesting. Uh, I don't have a good reason, honestly. Yeah, they're both pretty, uh, pretty horrific teams. Um, speaking of horrific, we don't know who's going to take the field for the Jets at quarterback when Tom Brady and company, coming off of a bad taste in your mouth, heading into the bye loss to the Tennessee Titans, uh, presumably getting a little right. Uh, hopefully, especially on the offensive line. That was kind of their Achilles heel in that Titans game. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe an angry Brady with something to prove here uh, to come and uh, just absolutely light the Jets on fire. Uh, and, you know, again, we have no idea who the Jets are going to try it out there. It probably doesn't matter. The Jets probably need to lose. I don't know why the Jets didn't fire Todd Bowles in the bye, but here we are. Um, 
I'm going to be laying the points here with the Patriots. I don't do this very often. Nine and a half is too short. This should be a two touchdown kind of game. I think we see the Patriots absolutely put an explanation exclamation point on this one to remind people that they are, you know, going to be a factor to be dealt with as we get into December and January. Andy, uh, any interest yeah. in Patriots as yeah. yeah. Okay. Disgusting okay. piss pounding here. <laughs> like it's, it's not like the this is someone it's a familiar foe. They've played in the Meadowlands hundred times. Brady's played the Meadowlands what fifteen times? Oh Should they more. Have, you know, more than there's that. There's been playoff games, yeah. Oh yeah, especially you know against playing against the Giants too several Giants, times yeah. over the past yeah. couple decades. So it's not like Brady's gonna go be afraid to go play down the Meadowlands. They should win by multiple touchdowns. I I'm tempted to lay the nine. Yeah, nine, nine the best I can say the best I can say is that they're the Jets play the Patriots tough sometimes, and you can usually see it coming. It's usually at a time where the Jets, you know, nothing's going right. They, you know, they, but the team is kind of together. They're rowing the boat in the same direction. And the Patriots are like, you know, in the midst of some really tough stretch of their schedule. And they just want to get thing, you know, they just want to get the win and get the hell out of there. This does not set up that way whatsoever. This absolutely sets up like a game where the Patriots have to make a statement and just, you know, like you said, a piss pounding, you know, 41 3 type of game. Um, and uh, I think they get it done. I think that they should have more cohesiveness on offense than what we saw against uh, the Tennessee Titans. Mill, is any of this convincing you that the Patriots are the look here, or is this is it stupid to be laying nine and a half points on the road in division, in especially in December, almost I think November? Be, no, uh, I agree with everything uh, the two of you guys said. I was looking at maybe. Parlaying uh, New England money line and something kind of gross because I have an issue. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. I think okay. I'll, uh, I think you've talked me into taking the minus nine and a half here. Uh, Pinnacle's got plus one hundred five right now. Okay. I can't make a case. Wait, what do you think of this, Mill? This could be Patriots money line, Baltimore money line. I mean, I think Baltimore gets it done. I don't know if they cover. You throw in the you throw in a really juicy New Orleans money line, and then Stampeders, just money line. <laughs> if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't even know the Stampeders were in the Grey Cup, Andy. It's the Grey Cup. It's That's for right. the Cup. I, I wouldn't even. That's know your hometown team. I know it's gonna be it's gonna be a fake parade. I, I, if they if they win, I'm gonna be gutted because I, I've never been to. Uh, a championship parade, and the only way I'll go is if the Flames somehow figure it out, uh, and that's never going to happen. So I'm, I'm not going to be like these these Bostonians getting one every Flames year. Flames looked pretty good last night. The Flames look not too bad, but um, <laughs> if you're talking gross money line parlay, maybe throw Could Indian they beat on Bama? that. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, maybe throw Indian on the the end of that money parlay. I don't know. I know we'll get there, but that's a that's a game I quite like. Yeah, Andy, Andy should fall into there, too. I might lay the points with him. Right, we're going to get there in a second. I'm going to be laying the points with Indy as well. Uh, okay, let's talk about maybe then the one, the sole worthy game in the early slate on Sunday. Russell Wilson heads east to face Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers in a game that could decide the playoff fortunes of both of these teams. Playoff, one of these teams' playoff hopes will be 
utterly crushed as they will be far behind in the wild card race and likely out of their division chase. Um, so this is going to be a pretty meaningful, big, high intensity, high power game. Uh, we've seen the Seattle has played to the under in general this year, um, mostly because they like a run heavy approach and they like to shorten the game. Uh, 47 points is an awful lot in a game that has this level of importance. And so from like a motivational kind of, you know, old school way I used to handicap things, I would be like, okay, this is going to be a game that's important and it's going to be slow and it's going to be methodical and it's going to be an effort not to make mistakes under 47 is the play. Uh, I cannot make this case in today's NFL. I feel like these teams can go shot for shot scoring with each other. Um, And uh, nowadays when your back's against the wall in the NFL, you just kind of, you know, go bananas. Um, Andy, we talked about this on Sunday where I liked a look on Seattle still to kind of make themselves known in the playoff chase. And you were kind of not into that at all. We saw this number get bet up from three where I liked it to three and a half even. So I could get a three and a half here at a pretty damn decent number. Um, are there, is there a case to be made that uh, Russell Wilson and Seattle are live dogs in Charlotte? It's a long trip. When these teams play last year, they play a lot. Uh, I feel I like say... we had this, and we, it was like maybe December though, and we said, "Well, this is it." You know, Russell, late season Seahawks, they turn it on and they just get creamed or something. I would have to go back and find. We should find that audio. <laughs> we didn't all, play last year, so it was Seattle, and it just that, did. that was a that was a different Seattle yeah, game, and I can I'll, I'll tell games. you. I'll tell you which one. I'll tell you which Seattle game it was, but I remember having that conversation. Uh, and wow. I believe it was against the Jaguars. I mean, it was yeah, at that's the Jaguars. Yep, we yep, thought yep, they were going to yep. go east. Because it was, it was a long but, East Coast, Southern travel spot. Yeah, and thing. they lost 30 so to 20. I guess we took Carolina here. <laughs> Carolina wins by six, um, 30 to 24. Carolina um, got exposed a little bit. I don't think the Lions are good. They just, if, if Cam. And the offense isn't doing some amazing things. They're a team that can be beat by anyone. Uh, total. I mean, this one just feels right. Like these are probably equal teams on a neutral. Like this three is perfect. The total's probably perfect, right around forty-eight. <laughs> like, uh, I I can't find a hard angle in this one. Okay. Um, Mill, hang with me on this, and you and tell me if you've seen or gotten any sense of this from your consumption of NFL news and information at the end of that game against the Steelers, Cam Newton was getting his ass kicked. Um, The Steelers just put a physical beating on that Panthers team throughout the last three quarters of that game. And I saw Cam Newton take some shots in particular, some shots that I feel like impacted his throwing shoulder. And my suspicion is that the poor accuracy performance we saw from cam against the lions most notably his pretty pathetic pass at the two-point conversion attempt was born out of that injury i don't know that cam is as willing to run the ball and take you know take shots we've seen seattle plays extremely physically uh is there a chance that this you know have you seen any of this have you heard any of this cam newton dealing with the potential shoulder injury at all any any less interest in being physical? Does this open up an angle on Seattle? I already played Seattle. I'm just looking for grasping for straws here. <laughs> I feel like I'm on the phone with like uh, I don't know someone to convince me to send them my life savings or something. <laughs> you have a, a, a very convincing way about yourself, playing. 
Um, I would well, agree. Yes, with well, what yes, I'd said. love a timeshare. <laughs> <laughs> and I would take it one step further in saying I think Cam actually took some pretty big shots last week. Uh, mm. especially to his lower body that we saw him come out for, I believe he came out for a play, uh, if not more. And maybe uh, that is why he looked a lot less mobile, a lot less accurate. Um, I've always felt that Cam was kind of one big shot away from having his career be over. Uh, not that I would wish that on him. Just, just that I can't figure Carolina out. I don't believe Seattle's a good team. There's nothing here for me to, to get involved in this game. Uh, I'm going to try and maintain that and not let you talk me into having a Seattle ticket come Sunday. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, keep an eye on this, though. Watch this Ooh. space. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree Watch everything Watch said. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is, this is, uh, uh, I am hesitant to fade the Panthers any more than I already have because obviously I have a lot at stake for them not to make their regular season wins total. Uh, and I, oh, yeah. you know, I'm going to need a game like this if that's going to somehow miraculously stay under because I've been wrong like on this six and four. Two years running. I thought they would be terrible last year. I thought they'd be terrible this year. I'm just, I'm not screwing around with Cam anymore. He's a, he's a, he's got your money. He's got your money in his pocket. It's yeah. True, I just, I, I'm not going to fade him if I, uh, if I can help it, I'm going to help it this weekend here. Okay. I dig that. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's move to the afternoon slate where you see Arizona and Josh Rosen coming off a miserable performance as a four point favorite yeah. head to LA. This may be okay. Andy, is this the only game all season where the chargers are going to probably have a home field advantage in terms of crowd support? Probably. Right. I don't know that many. I I don't think there's any Cardinals fans in California. I've never seen one. They're not traveling for Thanksgiving week. No way. I think they'll still find a way that they'll still find like somehow we'll still find those fans. Like (sighs) I don't know, man. I I bet you this is going to be a Chargers crowd probably finally. Anyway, I don't know if it even matters. Chargers are going to be angry. Maybe if if there's no if there's no Cardinals fans, maybe there just won't be any fans. (laughs) There'll be some fans that'll be like, "I thought there was a Mexican soccer game here today." No. Oh, it'll (laughs) it'll be like a London game where people just show up in random jerseys. (laughs) Yes, that'd be funny too. Um, (laughs) Like, oh, I thought they were showing direct my Packers on Direct TV. Um, okay, no, the so the Chargers uh, are angry. They lost an inexplicably lost to Denver last week. Uh, you know, the stupid ass team probably doesn't change their playoff prospects. They were always headed for that fifth slot, regardless. They're still in position for that. Um, do they do the New England? You know, we're expecting New England to come out and have a tone setting win here because they need to set the tone. You could say the same for the Chargers. Uh, is, you know, is this going to be another, what was, what was the way you put it an old fashioned ass whooping or, uh, no, the, the thing about it is, is the, the difference in that two games is the Patriots have a good coach. Yes. That's Anthony true. Lynn sucks. Like, how do you lose that game? You had control, you, like on second or not know which way the running back is going. And then how, after a two minute warning, you come out, take two seconds off the clock, and throw the ball in the dirt with all those weapons you have on offense. 
It's inexplicable. It, was it really mind-boggling. is. It was mind-boggling. I do, don't want to be involved in this game in any way. I got to take a timeout on the Chargers because I was super high on them. And now I'm super pissed off at them. Uh, same can be said about Arizona. I, I mentioned earlier how I'm going to try and not put myself through pain anymore on NFL Sundays. And this is a perfect example of not betting into a game with two coaches who you cannot trust. That sounds like the best advice of the podcast to this point. <laughs> it's something we should apply yeah. to every game. Uh, skipping Chargers and uh, Cardinals. Uh, and, you know, we'll draw some lessons from it, but I'm not going to put any money on it. Um, Talk about Andrew the big Luck. one here, but my favorite bet. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Luck is... Uh, I, is <sighs> I don't want to fall into this trap of overreacting to recent. He's a sneaky uh, MVP events. candidate is what he is. He's a sneaky MVP candidate. The Colts are a good fucking offense. Mm-hmm. And if you have a good offense, then you are live for this uh, title this year. I really feel like it. Andy, we've made jokes, but I think we're kind of serious. We think the Colts are in play for the AFC. Is that wrong? The Colts, yeah. They're built. I don't know like if it just happened or if they... Frank Reich's like, shit, this works in Kansas City. Should we just throw it a lot and have, like, good, just good all-around offense and just not work on de- – like, you know how you, in the like in the movies or, you know, in any sort of trope of the football movie where they, uh, they just make the kicker go, like, work by himself, like, special teams doesn't matter. Are teams doing that with the defense now with, like, I don't know, you guys go run laps or something. We're just going to run more <laughs> offense. I, they might as because well. The, like they, they might as well. And Indy, Kansas City, I mean, teams are doing this apparently. Indy is a truck an offense right now. They are fun to watch. They could have scored a lot more. They just had a lot more class than uh oh let's say Sean Payton. They kind of <laughs> took their foot off the gas pedal. Like Why do they do that? I need that over. Uh, I know that sucks. I that I the team total. That, that okay. was the beauty beautiful team total when they almost had it by halftime. That was a lovely performance by them. Again, that offense is clicking. I think they have a shot. They have a shot to make the playoffs. And when you have a team that can score on every single possession, get it into the end zone easily and quickly. They're a threat in the playoffs. So I think this, honestly, even they are I think five and five, this is a scary team. You don't want to play them. They should be the most likely team in the AFC to get the six seed. In my opinion. Yes. They, and that, and that should scare the Patriots because the Patriots are find themselves in that three seed. I don't think the Patriots want to host Andrew Luck for a second time at Foxborough this year. Uh, I don't think the Chiefs want to see Andrew Luck. I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think the the Steelers, uh, maybe the only team I feel like matches up kind of well with the Colts. Um, but even them, like, you know, that would be a competitive, damn good game in uh, in Steel City. Um, let's talk about uh, let's talk about your look then, Mill. Uh, Andrew Luck and the Colts worth laying these points against, it looks like, Ryan Tannehill and the Miami Dolphins, who haven't scored an offensive touchdown in... Uh, this month? Is that true? <laughs> they're bad. They're bad oh my they're goodness. The and they're very bad on the road. Uh, factor in that this is going to be uh, marks a month at home for the Colts. Uh, I don't think the nine's enough. I'm seeing an eight at Heritage, and I kind of expect uh, this number to fall down with the Tannehill news, um, which I'm thrilled about. I don't have to lay a 10 on a team that I think is going to win by 14. 
Well said. I completely agree with that. Uh, Tannehill make any tangible difference in this game over Osweiler, uh, Andy? I guess Mel. Yeah, Mel. Do you think Tannehill matters? He matters to the betting market. He does not matter to me. I was thrilled when I saw that news. You're telling me I can get someone <laughs> who hasn't played in a month and I don't actually think is that big of an upgrade and he's going to drop it two points from double digits down to single. I'm, I'm all about it. Who has a shoulder injury, right? God, like he's got a shoulder injury. That's incredible. Um, Andy, uh, so we got, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about laying the points here with uh, Indianapolis. Any reason to think that we should actually be talking about teasing them as opposed to laying this many points Mm. on a team like this? If it ends up down in that eight and a half, that's a pretty sexy teaser. Like I think, especially at home, they should play well. All that offense works well everywhere, but it should work well indoors on the turf. I would love to see a little Miami money come in off the Tannehill news. In fact, oh, I don't want to do that to our listeners, but maybe we'll put that on Twitter. Like, oh boy, Ryan Tannehill's back, huh? He's pretty good, right? <laughs> try, try to influence the market. You're yeah, an influencer. Yeah, we'll Andy. influence the market a touch, but no. I, if it's down in that long leg area, I'll definitely be on that as a teaser, but. I am very tempted if it's even just sitting at nine, like Mill said, anything under 10 feels pretty good. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, we're kind of rowing the boat together this week, guys. This feels great. Uh, we're having That's a good, good kumbaya moment Thanksgiving together. We squashed the beef. Um, let's talk about uh, Pittsburgh, Denver. Um, God, this was a really tough one. Name. This was a really tough one. You knew his name was Mark. Come on. If you didn't, you don't have to pay attention to his Twitter handle. Um, okay. This one's a really tough handicap. Pittsburgh generally does not play well in Denver. I know a lot of those are matchup specific, who is playing versus who, but this team does not travel all to altitude. Um, Pittsburgh is on the road for the second straight week. They had a very, very tough game, tough physical game against the Jaguars. They were lucky to come out on top there. And this could go one of two ways. Tone setting win for the Steelers, or they are just on fumes after putting their foot on the gas through the middle part of their season and the crack finally comes to bear and they lose, they drop a tough game. Um, Mill, am I making a narrative out of nothing here, or do you think the Steelers uh, are really in jeopardy in this one in Denver? I would absolutely agree with everything you said uh, if Vance Joseph was not the coach. <laughs> Yes, I mean, Mike Tomlin isn't a great coach. But I think Lance <laughs> Joseph is a couple pegs below even him. Um, what I've never understood about Denver is why that team refuses to run the hurry up at home. Uh, we saw it, especially early in the year, teams would look kind of gassed, but they would take the full 40 seconds, uh, let them get organized, let them recoup, let them get their subs in. Uh, and I, I think that comes down to Vance Joseph not being a very good coach, not having an idea how to really use his home field advantage. Um, so in this game, uh, I think it's kind of gross. I think it's, you know, there's a bunch of words that uh, you could use to describe the pit, the Steelers in this one, but uh, minus three against a Denver team who just finds ways to screw it up unless they're playing a team who can screw it up even more in the chargers. Uh, I'm about Pittsburgh here minus the three. Okay. Uh, Andy, I made a play on this one that I'm feeling a little eh, about I'm on the under. Um, at first glance, I was like, Oh yeah, no, Denver can score on this Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh's going to have a bounce back on offense. This is a nice overlook, a nice deflated total at 47. 
I just don't see Pittsburgh coming in clicking. Uh, one of the reasons that I like the under last week between Pittsburgh and Jacksonville, besides the fact that it was Jacksonville's defense's Super Bowl, was the Connor injury is kind of important. They really count on that play uh, that they get out of their running back to run their offense effectively. And Connor was in concussion protocol all week. They obviously are wary about how many hits he's taking. They don't want to see him take another hit to the head. They're limiting his snaps anyway. Um, I think that still continues into this week. And you see a Pittsburgh team that is a little disjointed on offense again. Um, I don't know. Are it you, feels like we're reaching on the narratives on this one. Yeah. Okay. Maybe Fair just, enough. I, you know, I, I, I feel them all, but they all like, they all just jumble together and come out of, to the other side as far as like this is a, a gross game Do you want to have Vance Joseph yeah and like it's like Milson, man. four it's... teams in the AFC uh no I don't I don't want to back Denver it's at all. It's, I don't want to do here. it Denver I just want to come up shot with at the, the yeah I just want to I don't want to I don't yeah I just want to support an angle that says the under is the right look here. Pittsburgh's second week in a row traveling. They're I wouldn't at altitude. put you off an under. I, I agree an under is a better look than an over. Um, absolutely, without question. I just think I just think Pittsburgh minus the three, you know, it kind of looks like a gift, a trap, whatever you want to call it. Okay. I just yep. don't want to overthink it. Yeah. If you have the pl- if you have the plus three and Denver's up by like one or two points late, I'm you don't terrified. Good. Yes. Yes. That bet is lost. Yeah. Jacksonville couldn't cover plus three against (laughs) Pittsburgh last week, and they played 58 minutes of perfect football. (laughs) So I completely feel that. Completely agree. Okay. Well, what about the the first half under? If you like the under in that one, oh, now you might be on to something. Yeah. Yeah. I I I I like that. See that. I, yeah, I mean, I think just Pittsburgh, the way Pittsburgh's defense is playing, I think they're going to match up pretty well with Denver. Denver really only has one offensive weapon in Lindsey. Um, and if Pittsburgh can match, put a hat on that guy and limit him, uh, then I think that this uh, the first half under is a nice tickle. What, what do you think it's going to be? Is it, is it posted yet? Is it going to be about 23? 23 yeah, that's that's a good look. A little um, to the over. I mean, the only, the only reason that that gets blown up is if Pittsburgh literally comes out and just lights the world on world on fire and you have blown coverages and Juju yeah. Smith Schuster and, and Antonio Brown score three touchdowns in the first half. Otherwise that's a great look. Mm-hmm. Let's uh let's move and into things, things can go wacky from one half to another. NBA teams can be up by nineteen at half and fuck off. <laughs> And then, and then, and yeah, then I, know. I, know. I'm there with, I took it too. I took it too. The Clippers, what a melt. Clippers are up 19 and a half. They're losing. Yeah, this this is quite a collapse. I mean, like a really impressive, spectacular collapse. Um, the nightcap on Sunday should be great. Let's, yeah, let's uh, shut her down on the nightcap here. Loser leaves. Will it? Yeah. It will. I don't know about that. Loser still is a. I think if Minnesota loses, there's still an outside shot of a wild card. But if Green Bay loses, they're in a rough spot. Yeah, this is an elimination game for Green Bay. I'm fine with that. Um, Green Bay needs this more than Minnesota, but not by much. Uh, Minnesota would love to get right uh, after that really tough beating in Soldier Field. As it was unfolding, and we were talking, Andy, you knew it was coming. 
that the bears were going to hang one on the um, hang one on the Vikings because the Vikings go to Soldier Field and stink it out. Do you have a similar feeling for this and Minnesota team, and are they going to have a tone setting win against Aaron Rodgers at home uh, as a bounce back? The way you know this team. I don't know them that well. I thought they'd beat the Bills. <laughs> that, <laughs> I, think that I mean, that, that, that game aside, that's an outlier. That game gets thrown that's out. That's an anomaly. That game doesn't happen. It's never happened. It didn't happen. And they do play better at home. Um, those receivers on turf should be moving and shaking. We should be able to score some points at home, boys. And against the hated Green Bay Packers, this one – this is a much bigger rivalry than the Bears, if you ask Minnesota fans. So this is a huge game every year. And, wow, it's really big as far as the playoffs go. And Minnesota's not out of the division. If they can get this one done, there's there's still paths for them to win the NFC North. Well, granted, like, if we start talking about the Bears, you know, we haven't, like, given them the division yet. It's still a very live division. So huge game. I think the total the total and spread are about right on this one too. Minnesota has shown some weaknesses. I, I don't think they're that much better than Green Bay. Probably maybe they should be like a four point favorite home, four, four and a half, but it's probably pretty close. Total's pretty close. I think the Vikings score points. I think it comes I've, down to the Vikings defense if they can stop Rodgers. I like that overlook a lot on this one, but that's not my major play. I do think the over is a great look, though. Um, Mill, uh, is Kirk Cousins ever going to get a signature win against a quarterback as good as Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a really good question and probably what, what the game kind of hangs on. Because, uh, you know, the Minnesota D is coming around and, and they'll be able to contain Rodgers, but you're you're not going to shut him down. Uh, not primetime Sunday night. Um I don't know. That's a, that's a really good question. It's a really tough question. Um, the basic model I have lined it at, at three and a half. So it, I've been trying really hard to find something in this game because uh, it's going to be a great watch, but I think I'm probably just going to end up sitting it out. Mm-hmm. Don't want to get involved with cousins. I mean, you pay someone $90 million, you kind of expect them to win big games, but sorry, Andy. Yikes. <laughs> Are you worried about Cousins in this one at all, Andy? Or do you think he puts up an impressive stat line and gets a win and, and can kind of use that as a confidence momentum thing? It's definitely it's a lesser defense. I think that I think he'll perform all right. If if he can avoid the big turnover, the Vikings can score 28, probably more. It's a good offense. Like it's it has turned out to be a pretty decent offense, especially at home on turf. I think they can score. I'm not worried about Cousins. I'm much more worried about this defense in this game. You worried about Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen being at full speed? No, they looked fine. You think? Diggs look great. Diggs look great. Diggs look good. Go look at Diggs' stat line. Yeah, he looks good. But Thielen, I thought, looked step slow and couldn't. I didn't think Thielen was jumping and running as, as well as he has to this point in the season. He had receptions, but they weren't impactful yeah i think i think they were keeping it on him a little like if you're gonna try to take somebody away that's what i would do okay so let me ask you then to talk me into or talk or just like help me make a decision because i want to back green bay on the money line here i think this is no this is this is still decision making time on this game for me uh green bay is um 
I did already make one bet. I did bet Green Bay at, at 10 to 1 to win the NFC North because I think that is a bad price. I think that there's more than a 10% likelihood that Green Bay uh, can win the North. And in fact, if Green Bay wins this game, I think we see odds open up. A very interesting set of odds open up on Monday morning. Um, this game specifically, though, I'm still trying to decide if the right look here is over or the money line. Aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball so freaking well. He was limited substantially by the coaching uh, in that game against um, the Seattle Seahawks on Thursday Night Football. He knows this Minnesota defense well. He's played well against them. He still has an axe to grind uh, about some of the uh, you know injuries he's had uh, versus this team in seasons past. Rodgers comes on late in the season. He plays particularly well this time of year. I just can't count him out as a, you know, as far as live in this game. And I, I honestly, I want to put it almost entirely on him. The fact that they have Rodgers, I feel like puts Green Bay darn close to 50-50 in this game. Uh, and you're going to hang a money line at plus 154. That's a lot of value the way I see it. But I think, you know, and as I look across all the ways this game plays out, I don't think in any way it looks like Minnesota Detroit where that game was an under from the first whistle because the Minnesota defense just smothered uh, Matthew Stafford in Detroit. I feel like this is much more like the first game where we see score for score back and forth kind of, you know, attacking and, you know, coming up with points against each other. Uh, and 47 and a half looks like an overlook to me. Um, as you mentioned, especially on this fast surface, um, is it, should I be looking for an over here and just forget about the green Bay money line play and just hold my 10 to one ticket and see if that comes in like a lotto ticket or yeah. is there, or is you do, and do you even agree? Is there value on green Bay at plus plus one fifty on the money line in this game? Well, and number one, 10 to one, the implied probability is 9%, not 10%. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> that's just been eating at me actually the whole time you're I haven't even, I didn't hear a word you said I've been thinking about that it's not that's 11 to 1 is 10 percent all right yeah, great um, point. no that's probably a little value <laughs> there's a value they have to jump two teams but they have value you've seen Green Bay make runs late in the season I think this is a markedly worse Green Bay team than in years past uh, they do have Devontae Adams, but the rest of the the rest of the offense has been a little shaky, and the defense has been garbage. They they shouldn't have lost to Seattle. They're a better team than Seattle. The coaching and the execution down the down the stretch were terrible. Just just not good. Like I, I'm not. I'm granted. I'm biased here. I try not to be. I try so hard, but Green Bay has—they just don't have that same killer instinct look that they've had in years past. And so this will be the game they turn that around. You're probably right. They probably win. But I think uh, I think we're saying the same things. You're talking Rodgers getting it done. I'm talking about the Minnesota defense is the key to this game because Minnesota will score. So yeah. I think we're saying the same thing. That's the, that's the the biggest key battle here, and I'm not getting involved in this game. I don't get why the total went down. I feel like I, 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 yeah, maybe that's messing with my head a little on this one. Okay. Well, I'll decide. It's I'll not put that in my low. Final card. No, it's not that it's low. Still 47 it's and still 47 It's still high. I know. You're I know. still looking at seven touchdowns. Yeah, but look how many points the Green Bay defense has given up. Our buddy Suma posted that to us. Uh, they're giving up oh, yeah. like on average like 28 points a game. Like that defense is conceding points big time. No, again, yeah. Minnesota will score 28 to 31. It's uh, the total is going to be 
on the Minnesota defense slash Aaron Rodgers again. Like if if Rodgers can get to twenty or more or a shitload more, if they if they absolutely bottle it and Rodgers throws up twenty eight, this game's gonna fly over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, right. I just don't see a scenario where Minnesota scores like ten points. Okay. Well, um, let's wrap this up. Good job, guys. Good pod. That was a ton of fun. Hour and 45. Good work. Uh, I will uh, uh, repeat or or look out for uh, for the uh, way to play along with us on Thanksgiving football. Um, Andy, what are your what are your Thanksgiving plans? We're going to do some traveling, going to the in-laws Thursday, going to go to my dad's house a couple days. We'll be at a couple farms, do some farm living. Eat some food. Can eat a lot. Watch some football. A lot of college games on Saturday too. It's gonna be a good weekend. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, Money Mills, Mark, you are the man. As always, we appreciate this Thanksgiving tradition of getting together, old time for old time's sake. And uh, we look forward to uh, bringing you back on to handicap some more. Many uh, Thanksgivings future. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, put a put a pin in uh, August 2020 so we can handicap the Tokyo Olympics, assuming we're not at some kind of world war by that point. Um, and uh, <laughs> let's let's uh, have a great have a great rest of your season. Sign us off and uh, and you know best of luck week 12. Guys, thanks uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, hope to hope to chat with you soon. And Andy, maybe we can get another Vegas trip going so we can lose some more money at the roulette table. No, you were you killed in a casino war. Casino war, yeah. That's, that's the only thing I want at all weekend there. All right, guys. Happy Thanksgiving right. to the listeners. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, thank you for listening. Enjoy your, your time with your uh, friends and family, and uh, we'll talk to you again on. Uh, actually, we'll yeah, we'll talk to you on uh, Thursday. Bye.